0: I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15 Minute Parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15 Minute Parenting podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. Last year I recorded an episode on planning for Christmas and supporting our children through it all while upholding the magic of it all. So I didn't want to repeat myself on this episode as that one is still there for you to listen back to but I have had so many questions relating to Christmas that I wanted to include a new episode and this time I thought it would be helpful to approach it like a Q&A of sorts. And the first question I wanted to address and I've tried to pick from all of the questions that are coming in. Um, that were thematically similar there were overlapping themes and put it into one but this one was was quite prominent and it was with all of the doom and gloom around us at the moment i decided to put up our christmas decorations really early thinking we all needed a cheer up our house is christmased since taking down the halloween decorations and while it was good in theory I am plagued with my children asking when Santa is coming every day, every day since early November. This is going to be a very long Christmas and I think I've made a mistake but what can I do to slow it down now? And. Honestly, this was not the only help we decorated early type of question I received. And my goodness, do I get it? Christmas for many, not all of us, but for many of us is a time associated with joy and cheer and merriment. And of course, we felt like we needed this. And of course, we didn't quite envisage what two months of Christmas stimulation would really look and feel like. But now we're here. Christmas in general, you know, even outside of the parameters we're all negotiating and dealing with now, Christmas is a hyper stimulating time for children. And some children handle this effortlessly and some children are more easily overwhelmed and hyper stimulated within it. I would always suggest creative structure in the lead to Christmas. And that would look like, you know, getting a calendar. It could be one of those big wall calendars. It could be a normal one. You could make one and mark one Christmas activity to focus on per week. I would typically say start, you know, at the beginning of December, you know, where we are now. But for those of you who are early decorators, next year apply this from whenever you decorate. For example, The first week of December might be about clearing the space for the tree, taking down the decorations, and slowly starting to decorate. You know, perhaps you do a wreath, you might make one together, Um, you could do that for your door, put it up, a few small bits building up over the next week or so to the actual tree and decorating that. Week two on your calendar might be what you call card week you can make or buy your cards or I know a lot of the schools out there have the children design cards that then they sell to you all as parents to send to everybody but then write out the list of who is going to get a card from you this year create a little writing station you might write your message have your child write or draw their message then you envelope an address and let your child apply the stamp together you walk to the post box with them and then somewhere in between week one and two you might want to spotlight writing the all-important please commit yourself now to those choices Santa letter as well and of course you can create a nice letter yourself or you could download one of the many beautiful templates that are freely available online get them to write their letter and go for a winter walk to post the letter and maybe come home to make hot chocolates together afterwards Then week three in December might be about present shopping or present wrapping, lots of, you know, putting the labels on. I did think that our children need to understand both the giving and receiving of gifts. But I am going to say a little more about this in the next question that came in. I just want to flag it here that if they want to, you know, make some jewelry out of their little jewelry kits or pick up stones and paint them, they can be perfectly lovely gifts and gives them that experience of not only seeing Christmas as a time for gimme, 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 but also to give back. And that's really important week four then can be about making something like christmas cookies or christmas fudge or wherever your culinary skills bring you um, and they can gift those to the neighbors Um, you could all the relatives friends or whomever your teacher in school and of course you know save a couple for the man himself who'll come on christmas eve but each week you could also in addition to kind of structuring out this is the activity we're going to focus on you could also select one Christmas family movie that you're going to watch per week and it could be one that you loved as a child our children love to hear about things that we liked or we did or we played or we watched as children Um, and one that they like maybe a new one that's come out have a duvet movie afternoon you know bring the duvets from the bed upstairs and snuggle up together with some kind of a snack food and then while you watch the movie together you can talk about it afterwards you could do the little director game i've spoken about before where you say you know if you were the movie director what scene would you cut from this movie what would you replace it with how would that change the ending if you could create a new character for the movie who would that be get them to write about it or draw about it and basically you're taking that you know movie screen time into a nice engagement playful activity afterwards but whatever you're going to structure as your activities and don't take mine as a script you know do what's going to work best for you write them all into your calendar so that your child can easily see what the focus of each week is going to be because it gives them a target it puts a little boundary about you know what's going on and how much i need to hold in mind at any time and ultimately it helps to slow down the hype by bringing us to focus on that one main thing with a couple of you know lighter gentler supporting activities each week at a time so i hope that helps i know that i'm talking to you about this at the start of december which is when christmas begins for me and you know if you've already gotten a month in you can still apply this to your family's final four weeks of Christmas and just hold in mind that what's good in theory isn't always good in practice when it comes to this next year another kind of question I wanted to put together because again it came in in different variations quite a lot was this one my children are writing epic lists to santa and even beyond that they keep adding to those lists they just want 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 and i'm not sure how to respond without spoiling the magic and excitement of it all for them i will add that i'm finding myself getting frustrated at the greedy feeling of it all though and lots of parents were saying you know taking the catalogs and the brochures and the advertisements on tv and all of that the children are like "Ooh, i'll have this and i'll have this and i'll have this and it seems limitless so i thought it was a nice one to address here as well and i do think because of that it's really relatable and we could think and talk about how our children are at the receiving end of highly targeted marketing For months leading up to Christmas and these are sophisticated advertising campaigns that subtly and not so subtly cue them to want and ask and expect more and more and more. So this is not the fault of our children. They are not these little materialistic consumer-driven monsters. They're children and they cannot yet discern what is happening and without our parental boundaries and gentle yet firm limit setting of course they're going to want and want i mean if you think you can have absolutely anything and santa can bring everything you want of course you're going to ask for it so it's how we frame this i always like to think about the four gift rule for a santa letter that they can ask for one thing they want one thing they need one thing to wear and one thing to read and it just puts a nice little structure on it. And then in my own family, the structure we use is to write to Santa initially and primarily thanking him for last year's gifts and asking for one main gift and a smaller surprise that Santa will choose himself. And it works really well for us, and between the four gift rule and using the letter to manage expectations, I think you're going to find something that works for you in your home and You know, for a child who writes a long list of things, perhaps Santa could write back to acknowledge receipt of the letter and reflect how excited he was to read such a list of choices. But to be fair to all of the children he has to deliver to, that he will be picking three items from the list and some of the other things can be saved for other occasions like birthdays or the child could be encouraged by Santa in this letter to save up their pocket money or gift money or chore money whatever way you do it to buy some of those things themselves and I think You know, be it Santa writing back or you putting a boundary on how the ask is made to begin with. I don't think that's spoiling Christmas or the magic of Christmas. And you are certainly operating within the realm of magical thinking in this approach. Our children will always benefit from us putting boundaries. They're not going to thank us. you You know, no one says thank you for those boundaries and limits you've put on me. But it helps to frame and manage expectations as well. In a previous episode, I spoke about entitlement. And at that time, it was with specific reference to teenagers. But some of that can also be considered here. When children want something, it can quickly convert to a sense of needing that thing. And when they believe they need something, they feel entitled to have it. And if denied their entitlement, we can land at rage, frustration and Typically with older children, but not exclusively a sense of, well, fine, I'll just take it for myself. I'm entitled to have it after all. So placing boundaries early around this want, want, want is very important. And it has you know, benefits that go far beyond just Christmas because it's about keeping me safe within my own desires as well. And it can be done with empathy and kindness rather than scolding and criticism. I also think, though, that we can consider this from our children's perspectives. Christmas tends to be a time when they are bombarded with endless gifts. You know, they've barely opened one thing and it's what's next, what's next. And there's just piles of presents for many children. Again, not for all children at all. Everyone is giving to them. And I think it's equally important that they experience gifts in terms of giving and receiving. There is a joy in giving someone we love a gift that we've chosen or even made for them. We anticipate their joy and pleasure, and then this sparks a matched joy and pleasure within us. And our children should make, bake or buy small items that they can wrap, label and gift to loved ones as part of Christmas celebrations. It teaches them that kind of reciprocity of gifts and encouraging them to write little thank you notes or thank you cards is also a nice way of nurturing appreciation. And I think when they develop that stronger sense of appreciation, it in itself helps to manage the demand and expectation. In short, look, I think that you can boundary the expectation in a kind and empathic way and start encouraging them to consider what they will give others as opposed to just receive from others. They could make beaded jewelry. We all have those half used, you know, leftover beads and strings and bits that came in in a beaded set at one stage. So use those, use up those little bits. They could decorate a picture frame and insert a photo of themselves with the loved one in it. They could collect, wash, dry, paint and varnish stones and gift them as paperweights. It doesn't have to be something big. In fact, you know, doing it that way makes it even more meaningful, but you could also do a little nurturing sensory activity of baking cookies together for neighbors or to bring to an elder person's home and to leave with the residents, along with some paintings, pictures and drawn cards. You could leave it with staff because getting into elder persons homes for visitation is hard enough at the moment, but you could certainly drop that off with some nice messages You could certainly bring them to the supermarket with you and while there choose some extra non-perishable tinned items and toiletries and then go together and donate those to food drives charities hamper collections or hostels Um, and it's good to remember those less fortunate that we can also support and help each other that's a nice undertone message as well you could then talk to your children about collecting and please do pay attention that these would be excellent condition and be careful not to donate damaged toys or incomplete jigsaws or board games I spent a lot of my career working in charities and while it was always nice to think people took the time to donate when we would go through items we often had to throw them out because you cannot give somebody else a broken or incomplete toy but if your children have old toys in excellent condition that they've simply outgrown you could donate encourage your child, of course, to make that selection and then donate them to charity for other children before they receive anything new. It's also from a parenting point of view, a nice way to clear some space for the onslaught of gifts that might come. And thinking of that onslaught of gifts, and I've used words in this episode like bombardment, you can talk with family members about buying experiences days out, you know, little sleepover tokens over stuff that you don't think your child needs. Don't be afraid to say it would really work for us if we took this approach this year instead of lots and lots of stuff. And celebrate being with each other this Christmas. Make it about games. Make it about songs and fun and start spotlighting the connection over a collection of toys. I'm consciously putting this Christmas episode out at the start of December so that you can make use of some of the ideas in here. Um, So I'm not going to wish you a happy Christmas just yet. I'll save that for a couple of weeks time. What I will say is enjoy the festive season however you do it. Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15 Minute Parenting.